Recorded live in the Fantasmo Lounge, high atop the Jose Cruz building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Fantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Craig Eckridge. Tonight's topic, El Santo y Blue Demon versus Dracula y Hombre Lobo. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Craig. Hi, Rob. Hey, long time no uh, no podcast. <laughs> I know. It's... I don't even remember the last one we did together. It's been forever. Yeah, it's been a while, but, you know, real life and schedules and crap just don't it match does, up. It does tend to get in the way of good times. <laughs> Talking about possessed dump trucks and whatever <laughs> else it is we talk about. So, But, you know, it, it's. I think we picked up a good one. To, to get back together to talk about because this is a topic that's near and dear to both our hearts and yes. one I think we've talked about talked about talking about yeah. for a long time the Santo films the Luchador fighting monster movies and man you know can't say enough about these and we we're probably going to talk about the whole genre overall but we specifically watched one movie here recently that we haven't seen in a long time and we're going to talk about that one focus in on that one because I think that one just pretty much epitomizes the whole genre except there's no beauty contest in it true yeah because what they say what was that one thing that uh that one reviewer you read a while back said it was uh it was from teleport city yeah and he was talking about i want to say it was like super argo versus the faceless giants and he said at some point in the movie super argo had just managed to get knocked out and Uh Get the girl kidnapped. By this point in the same movie, Santa would have wrestled three matches, judged a beauty contest, and punched Frankenstein in the face. And he wouldn't be and, wrong. And he's true. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's right. He's right. For anybody who has never seen any Luchador films or any Santo films, these things are amazing. Basically, El Santo and Blue Demon are two Luchadors. And in the film, they're wrestlers who also help the police out on special cases. And this particular case is where Dracula and the Wolfman are around doing a mischief and Santo and Blue Demon are going to come save the day. Well, for the folks who, who might not know, luchadors are Mexican wrestlers slash superheroes. Yeah. They're cultural icons. Yeah. The coolest thing about them is back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even up through the 80s. I mean, they're still around, but the heyday was kind of, I guess, in the 60s and 70s. And the... Most awesome thing about these guys is they would never be seen in public without a mask. If they made any appearance or just going out anywhere, they were wearing their mask because that's who they were. That was their, there was the character, but it was who they were. And so you could go see Santo or Blue Demon wrestle in person at the arena. Then you might see him at the supermarket and then you see him up on the, the movie screen fighting monsters. So you'd see a real-life superhero in person. Not like you'd see, what's it, the guy that plays Captain America, Chris Evans. You see him playing Captain America. Red Brown? Red Brown. You'd see Cap- Red Brown on TV playing Captain America. Thank you. And then you'd see Red Brown somewhere else. You wouldn't see Captain America. On the screen, you'd see <laughs> Santo. You wouldn't see the guy playing Santo. You'd see Santo, and then you would see him, Santo, in a wrestling match. And then you might see him outside of autographs down on the street somewhere. I mean, you know... So they, it was a whole, like you say, it was a cultural thing in Mexico. And 
and they were everywhere. They were comic books of the wrestlers. They were movies, and there was everything. Yeah. So it was only natural in the realm of if there was a national emergency, such as aliens or Nazis <laughs> or Atlanteans attacking or. Dracula and the Wolfman coming yeah. back after 500 years to fulfill or their Or spies or mobsters or, yeah, anything. The government would naturally call upon Santo and whichever his friends. Yeah. Typically Blue Demon. Yeah. It was the natural thing to do to call a professional wrestler. That's right. To That's assist. Right. And it wasn't just Santo and Blue Demon. I mean, Santo had and, and Blue Demon teamed up, and then Santo had films by himself. Blue Demon had some of his films by himself. Mil Mascaras had some films, and then all three of them teamed up. And then there were others, you know, El Vengador and then El Campeones de Justicieros, which was basically the Luchador Justice League, led by Blue Demon. Those films are awesome. <laughs> There's tons of these films out there. But if there. you're getting into it, they, they've they've called Santo and Blue Demon the basically the Superman and Batman of the genre. Yeah. So they were in the vast majority of... They were the most popular guys. And... As described in this film, Santo was the multitude's idol. And you will hear that many, <laughs> many, 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 many times. Now, most of the films, in fact, just about any Santo film you find, I don't think I've ever seen one dubbed, except the ones where they've changed. I forget the guy's name that brought him over here in the 60s or 70s. Some of the earlier Santo films, like Santo in the Wax Museum, where they did dub them, but they changed his name to Samson instead of the saint. Which, you know, Santo yeah. is the saint. But when they dubbed him, they called him Samson. And Isn't I have he no the, idea. Uh, the same guy that bought over that Mexican Santa Claus movie? I think so. With the eye robot and the... Yeah, oh, that wonderful film. Where yeah. you had to eat, where the incredible poisoned to the... Incredible. It did a podcast on that. or whatever. A uh, few years ago. Yeah, you know, I think it was the same guy. I can't remember his name right now, but is I think... That... Jerry Warren? No, I don't think so. That world is for anyway. purposes of this podcast. <laughs> so, in this case, we open up with Santo fighting a Blanco Angel. Yeah. Now, there's a formula to most of these films where they start off... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. All of these films. <laughs> All of these films. Where it starts off with a wrestling match to establish that they're wrestlers, and then... Yes. Because two guys in wrestling tights... And masks in a ring with the referee throwing each other around yeah. didn't convey that. Yeah. Well, they either start off with a little, here's the story, here, here's the introduction of the story, and then here's a wrestling match, and then Santo gets involved in the story. And then there's a professor, and there's a professor's daughter that Santo's dating, and then some shenanigans happen, and there's a big fight at the end with the monsters, and then everything's happily ever after. But yeah, so I mean, it, and not to not to belittle the movies because I love them to death, but that that's basic formula for most of these films. Yeah, you know, and but you look forward to that. <laughs> and one of the coolest things, my favorite things about the, these films, especially these later ones, a lot of the earlier ones, Santo would be in his wrestler gear almost the whole time, in the early '60s ones. But once it gets to the late '60s and the movies through the '70s, he's in his wrestler gear when he's wrestling. Then out of the ring, he has the mask on, but he might have a turtleneck and a sport coat, you know, looking suave and going out to dinner with, because well, they wore the mask everywhere. And that's just awesome to, for me. <laughs> well, well, I love in this one when the when the scientist guy is like, hey, I need your help to 
fight a vampire and a werewolf when Santo first shows up. He's got a safari jacket on. <laughs> he's ready. It's like you're waiting for him to come in with this giant cannon like he's about to <laughs> shoot like, like a bull moose or an elephant or something. Well, Santo knew. Professor wants to talk to him. Something's, of course. Something's it's, it's Tuesday. Of course yeah. the professor wants to talk to so him about something. So there's something's going to go down. So he's prepared with a safari jacket, you know, his, with his Heston jacket. Because he's got to throw another monster head on the wall. <laughs> That's right. So it opens with the wrestling match, and he's yeah. fighting El Blanco Angel or whatever. And a white first, angel. At first, for the casual viewer, it's hard to tell who's who because they kind of look similar. Yeah. Well, Santo has a silver mask, and the white angel has a white mask, and neither one has any design on the mask, really. Any, you know, markings. So, yeah. And they battle back and forth because it's always a three falls match. And Santo comes out on top the first time. Yeah. Leaving the rest of the outcome of the matches wildly <laughs> to chance. You'll notice a theme if you see enough of these movies. Yeah, yeah. So Santo is victorious. And then we go to Professor Cristaldi, who looks amazingly like Alicia Cook Jr. Yes, he does. <laughs> telling him that 500 years ago that Dracula and the Wolfman... With the suave name of Rufus Rex. Smoothest name in the world for a werewolf. With Ruf the smoothest Rufus Rex. yellow velvet Luke Cage shirt you've ever seen. <laughs> have teamed up to take over the world until one of his ancestors stopped him cold with this magic knife. Yeah, the dagger of, I forget, the dagger of something. The dagger that they stole from the set of the old <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. So Santo recruits help from his friend Blue Demon, who is fighting... Renato the Hippie. <laughs> There's a wrestler for you. I just, okay, I'm just going to let that one go. I, I, just, I just don't have the energy for that right now. <laughs> but somehow, Dracula and Rufus Rex oh, wait, have wait, wait, recruited. Wait, the Blue Demons match, though, we don't have time for three rounds. No, we got to get Renato the Hippie out of the way. Two rounds, Blue Demon dusts him, gone. Because Blue Demon's got got to help Santo fight... Dracula and Rufus Rex, the werewolf. Yes, yeah, he, he's got to fight, you know, the, the, Lord of the, the Lord of the Vampires and Power Man. Yeah. So. <laughs> Spanish Power Man. Yes, yeah, Spanish Mex Power Power Mexican Man. Power Man. There you go. Rufus Rex. So... <laughs> but Dracula and Rufus Rex have a minion. What, who? Dracula and Rufus Rex. Who? Rufus Rex. No, who? Dracula. Dracula. They have a minion. <laughs> okay. Like, four of you will get that joke. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah now this so Dracula. They have a minion. This particular Dracula's Renfield guy. And it's like the. It's. He's like a gangster who allegedly has a hunchback that you don't notice until, like, the end of the movie. Yeah, they call him a hunchback at some point, but throughout the beginning, we just thought he had bad posture. Yeah, he, he's just. <laughs> He's just like his little rotund guy who just kind of trundles everywhere he goes. Yeah, but he looks like the guy who was in that Columbo episode, who was on like the, the smart, smartest, the man smartest in man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> he looks just like that guy. So he kidnaps the professor and sacrifices him on this little pulley system <laughs> because the guy who vanquished Dracula and the Wolfman cleverly buried him right next to each other in these stone crypt coffins. Yeah, so they come so back to life. Wait, wait, he slashes the professor's throat so some blood drips down on the vampire skeleton. Then he slides him across the floor, or slides him across the pulley over the coffin of the wolfman, and blood drips down the wolfman. 
How blood brings back a wolf, man, I don't know. But, you know, Mexican werewolves are probably different. We'll let that go. Well, you made the point, too, that when Dracula came back, it's like, his cane came back, too. <laughs> I just want to know why Dracula's cape has plaid lining. That's my question. Mexican vampires, man. Uh, okay. I know, should have been a Scottish vampire, but I'm just saying. Well, there you go. <laughs> my whole question is, for a partnership, Rufus Rex is always calling Dracula master. Yeah. Now, it almost seemed like much of a partnership happened in there. <laughs> and if you notice, Rufus gets his ma- mission out of the way quick. He does his job. Because their whole plan is to kill the rest of the Cristaldi line. Which is two women and a little girl. And a little girl, yeah. So Count Dracula, the big king bad, of the vampires. Big bad vampire werewolf going to kill some women. Have to kill like three women or two women and a girl. I don't know what's correct in 2020. I don't know what <laughs> to say. Two women and a little girl, yes. Okay. That's, that, that's their whole mission. <laughs> so Rufus Rex takes care of his quick. Yeah. And Dracula's still giving orders. and Rufus needs to be like... Now, in the meantime... Um, hold, hold on a yeah, second. In now. the meantime, throughout all this, Rufus has somehow created a bunch of other werewolves. Which we never see happen. We never see happen. They just, at the end, they show up. And Hunchback guy has hooked up with some mafia guys to try to take out Santo and Blue Demon. Who are like the crappiest mafia guys. Yeah. And the one guy, the leader of the mafia guys, that bald guy with the mustache, shows up in a few other Santo films playing basically the same part. <laughs> what? they they're like the mobsters that want to take over the youth center in all those seventy black exploitation <laughs> movies. That, that like like Jim Kelly throws in the back of the trash truck. Yeah, you, you know they they're not gonna be around very long. Yeah, no, 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 no. So they get beat up a lot, and at one point, Santo and Blue Demon tail them to this warehouse, and the mobsters get the bright idea they're going to burn them. So bald mobster leader says, "Fire up the oven," and we were both like. Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> Some of y'all headed for the big burn. Rethink that. And what warehouse has a big oven that's big enough to like, you know. The wrestler burning warehouse. Oh, right? that one. Okay, the sorry. The wrestler burning warehouse. <laughs> and then there's Josefina, who is that's the, the hot. Ne- oh, no, that's the the, the Mexican the maid. Yeah. maid. The hot Mexican domestic. Yeah. She who, just gets. And what did I say the minute she popped on screen? She ain't long for this she world. She not see the credits. Not long for this world. And sure enough. <laughs> she gets thrown as, as a bonus to the Cristaldi line to yes, kill. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and there's there's a lot of chess playing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Amongst Santo the, the, the Guardian Luchador. Yes. Yeah. They're passing the time, you know. Yes. Although I will say the one thing that we learn about Santo... When there's, you know, Blue Demon goes out on his mission to follow Eric, the smart hunchback gangster <laughs> servant, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that guy wears a lot of hats. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He says, here, Santo, I'll wear the, the wristwatch radio communicator you invented. So through the course of the Santo movies, we learn that he is quite a learned man. Oh, yeah. He's an Egyptologist scientist. and He invented a time machine. In the Treasure of Dracula. Did, he, did Santo invent that? Or was he, the other scientist invent that? I can't remember. It's been a while since come, I've seen that. Come on, Santo. Oh, now, now, speaking of, well, I don't doubt El Santo. I mean, he's probably a deep sea diver, a fisherman. He's probably a CPA. Yeah, an excellent uh, He's a expert, master chef. Expert horseman. Yeah, he's a podiatrist. <laughs> podiatrist. <laughs> Santo can is, do everything. He's a man for all seasons. He is. Well, he's like, he's like, 
Batman in the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Yes. He's got a plan for everything. Everything. He's, he, he's prepared. That's right. And Santo, I actually learned, I don't know if you knew this or not, mm-hmm. always carries a little piece of kryptonite with him as well, just in case. <laughs> just in case. I wouldn't doubt because it. Because he always is prepared. I wouldn't doubt it. Now, speaking of Tresario de Dracula, the guy that played Dracula in that is the mm-hmm. same one that played Dracula in this. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember. I'll, I can't remember his name now, but same same actor played Dracula in both Santo films. And this Dracula, if you want to get an idea, of kind of what we're working with here, has a very Lyle Wagner kind of vibe. Yes, he does. Imagine Lyle Wagner with kind of like a dry blowout of a haircut. The that's what you're the, dealing with, the, and and a plaid cape. Yeah, the stereotypical '70s swinger guy. Yes, as Dracula. Yes. And Rufus Rex with his pirate shirt with the lacing up the front and the big collar. His 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 Luke his, Cage. His shirt. Luke Cage, yeah. I wish people could just see the look in your eyes right now as you're talking about Glee. This shirt. This, this Glee. This goddamn shirt. You're... It's awesome. Oh, and Rufus pulls it off and that big wide seventies belt along. Yeah, man. He's sporting it. Styling. Okay. Styling. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I can see your face right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure people, I'm sure a lot of people are making the same face I am right now, guy. <laughs> Trust me. But the thing about these movies is they're fun. If you need to kill a couple hours oh, on yeah. a weekend, or if you need background. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about these movies is this. They're not dubbed. No, no. And they're not, they're not dubbed. They're subtitled. Yeah. You could be cleaning the house or doing whatever, <laughs> and you kind of know exactly what's happening. You can in come the back movie. in and pick up on it. And you... you could watch about 30 seconds of screen time yeah. and know what has happened. You already know Renato's <laughs> eaten defeat twice back to back one with the horse lock, and one he has <laughs> accepted the mighty blow off the ropes in one, two, three. Because yeah. it ends with a match, too. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Usually. Santo has had a match, Blue Demon has had a match, and at the end, it's a tag team match with Santo and Blue Demon, and their adversaries from the first two matches have teamed up against them to try to seek the success (laughs) they were were denied before. (laughs) Folks, it pains me to say this, but they do not get their just just retribution. It it never quite happens for them. As much as we're, we're picking these things apart and kind of making fun of the stuff that's happening in it, by no means do either of us think these are bad or awful movies. They are so much fun. They're like you say, you got some time to kill, and you want to watch something fun. These are a lot of fun. Now, granted, Santo did about fifty movies or so mm-hmm. from the time he started making movies till about eighty three. So they do vary in quality as. Some are better than others. Some are slow. Some are a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. so, but these right here, this company that I was a rebel crew that put this particular line out, they did a handful of Santo movies distributed in the States. Really nice, clean copies. Oh, yeah. And this is a box set called Santo versus the Monsters, I think. And there's two films with Blue Demon and then two films Solo Santo in it. These are like prime Santo Luchador films. The other one is Santo and Blue Demon versus, I think it's Dr. Frankenstein. But those are two of the best ones. Those are two of the most fun ones. They're in color. Some of the earlier ones were in black and white. 
and they're just they are a joy to watch. I mean, we had a ball. We've been and watching these for what, years, and that's what you get from these movies that you don't get from these hundred and fifty, two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty million dollar movies now. Yeah, is fun. Yeah, there's there's no over the top emo intense drama stuff going on in in this convoluted plot twists and turns which you know if you're in the mood for that that's fine but these are just like let's put it on here's a here's a conflict call santo he's gonna punch the monsters in the face yeah. fix it i mean like, <laughs> oh my and then at the end it's it's great because in the end battle royal it's like oh they're fighting these werewolves okay a bunch of the gangsters just jumped in <laughs> why don't know but Sure, you know what? There's your throat punch for you too, gangster. Have, <laughs> have some of that. You want you want to get in on that action? Oh, and the fighting in it. it have there, you? Yeah. There's no super wire choreographed martial arts CGI. There's no no over the top incredible fight moves. No, these guys no. are just brawling, man. They're wrestling. Yeah. They're brawling. What, they're punching. They're throwing guys around. Is a bunch of big beefy extras fighting professional wrestlers? Yeah. But what it is, it's like the professional wrestlers from the 70s. Yeah. Not like, you know, these John Cena guys from today who, like, live in the gym. Yeah. It's like the guys from the 70s who, like, We're just big, beefy guys. Yeah. For a living yeah. and would, like, get into bar fights every weekend yeah. and, and break bar stools across the These are like, like career dock workers. Yeah. You know, just big, brawny guys yes. brawling. Who could legitimately take like, a beating and give books, a beating, yes, yeah. <laughs> and tear phone books in half and all that other stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't all this cute stuff. It's like when he picked up a guy and threw him. It's like holy crap! Part of the set just moved when that guy <laughs> hit the wall. I think his spleen did too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. So, and it was you know it was just a good time. I'll tell you, you know the my favorite thing about this. Okay, none of the superheroes ever lost their masks. Goddamn right. I, I, God damn I, right. I, <laughs> you did, right there, reading my mind. I didn't even have to say it. <laughs> I knew it was coming. At some point, I just knew it was coming, so I was just going to say it. Well, that's the thing, because besides the fact that it's a cultural thing, that they never took their mask off anyway, mm-hmm. they kind of understand that, you know, you're going to this movie to see Santo and Blue Demon. You're not going to this movie to see the guys that play Santo and Blue Demon. You know, so if they took the mask off, they're no longer Santo and Blue Demon. It's like in the Marvel movies when I'm going to see Captain America. Well, he takes his mask off. That ain't Captain America anymore. That's Chris Evans. Captain America is the mask, the costume, and the shield. That's the character I want to see. And in this, the whole time, you have the character that you paid money to see. You get to see Santo the whole time. So, you know, money well spent. It's awesome. And and no one really cares about Rufus Rex and Dracula's. Those guys, yeah. I I don't even know if they're in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in the credits. I don't even think they are. Hey, even even the hunchbacks in the credits. Wally. Yeah, the actor's name is Wally, folks. Yeah, it's like the credits are like starring Rudolfo and Jose and Sanchez and, and Wally. <laughs> and then there's that one guy. Oh, is that one guy vampire that turns guy, Josefina. He just comes. He's like this bald vampire. You never see him before. You never see him again. He yeah. bends over to bite her. He's got like this melanoma on the top. He of his almost head. looks like that guy. Have you ever seen those Filipino horror movies? And has that one guy who sometimes he plays the big gangster boss, but in Vampire Hookers with uh, John Carradine, mm-hmm. he's the Renfield guy that wants to be a vampire, but he's just like fat, bald, 
Filipino guy. And when he puts the fangs in, that's what that guy looked like. He looked like that guy from those movies. And he bites Josefina and he turns into a bat and he flies away. Never to be heard from again. again. Yeah. But but you know he's probably the smartest guy in the movie because he never catches an ass whipping from Santo or Blue Demon. That's right. He just bites the prettiest girl in the movie on the neck and just fucks off. He's like, I'm he's done. Like, I'm out. Now, oh oh, we didn't mention the lair where the coffins are. Oh yeah, that, I tricked that. That so, is awesome. So you have the two coffins like adjacent to each other. Yeah. With enough room to hang an elderly professor. And, yeah, and, and there's and, a stone work in the background. And the, the pulley system to cart the yeah. body back and forth. But there's these two stone gargoyle heads. Yeah, these ornamental stone or steel gargoyle heads on the wall. And at precisely the right moment, whenever you need dramatic effect, they will shoot out jets of flame. Yeah. It's awesome. Highly pressurized jets of flame. Almost looks like a what I imagine a Kiss concert would look like. <laughs> it does. Yes, yes. There you go. It's kind of what I imagine Gene Simmons' basement to look like. Uh, you know, it could have been. Now, this movie came out in 73. Okay. So, you know, you take into context the year, the times and mm-hmm. all, of the you know, the cheese factor and all. And Santo was doing movies and Blue Demon and all that from, I want to say, the late 50s or at least the early 60s, up through 83. So there's a good amount to choose from to watch. And like I said earlier, some are better than others. You know, some are bad, worse than others. But this is probably one of the most enjoyable ones, one of the most fun. I think of the ones that we've watched together, and I've got a, a, lot. a shelf full of them, and we've only watched maybe about half of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we just hadn't had time to sit down and watch them. But I know we've enjoyed this one, and like I said, the other one with Blue Demon and Santo, we we like those two. But the Campeones de Justicieros. Well, the best one is the one with Swankenstein. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Santo and Blue Demon uh, uh, contra los monstruos versus the monsters. That's just the best, because you get a different Dracula. looks like Cheney from London After Midnight with pixie ears. Yeah. And then you get a different wolfman who just looks like, like a, a homeless guy. A homeless guy who hadn't shaved in three months Yeah, with that's fangs. all you get. He's got long hair and like a Fu Manchu and a scruffy beard. <laughs> and that's it. And then you get that little Cyclops brain alien thing from Ship of Monsters. That, well, he looks like something that came out of a carnival spook house. He, he looks like something like a, like a melted guar prop. <laughs> and then you get Swankenstein. He's like this, like that Frankenstein Island... Frankenstein what? monster with that little pencil yeah. mustache. Well, it's like they took one of the Glenn Strange Don Post masks, Frankenstein mask, and put a goatee and a Fu Manchu mustache that's, on that's, it. That's Swankenstein. <laughs> Swankenstein. Oh, and then you got the mummy that looks like he's about to drop dead. I mean, literally about yeah, to just dude, fall apart. Yeah. He, he looks skinny. like John Carradine looks now. Yeah. <laughs> and then at one point, doesn't Santo wrestle Dracula? No, that's the other film. Folks, this is what we're talking about. These yeah. movies are great. But they kind of. I think, I think that was the other film. But this one has. Uh, they they also make a clone of Blue Demon in Versus the Monsters. So Santo. Yeah. yeah. See, I thought that this is the one where he wrestles Dracula because it Danny unmasks him and then Dracula just kind of does that. Ha! And then just jumps into the crowd and like flies across the nightclub or whatever. But it the thing might is, be. is, Dracula is like it's been a long time since we've little kind of noodly Lon Chaney London After Midnight Paul Lynn looking dude. <laughs> But when he puts on his wrestling outfit, the dude is like buff. Yeah, yeah. It's Supernat- like, you supernatural know magic. I don't pay attention to this. <laughs> and the other th- great thing about the Luchador movies, especially Santo, yeah. it's like, hmm, 
You know what? I'd like to see an alien picture. Santo fights them. Yeah. Huh. Really hate Nazis. Santo fights them. <laughs> Vampires and monsters. Santo fights That's them. Right. Uh, Whatever you're into. A- Atlantean princesses who want to rule the world. Santo fights <laughs> them. Corrupt businessmen trying to take over the local youth market. Scatman Crothers. <laughs> he didn't call Santo. No, no. Santo was busy fighting the... Uh... The, the aliens from the other planet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Fighting the blanket that was trying to eat him. But yeah, you can find <laughs> Santo pretty much fought every evil on the face of the planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the mummies from Guanajuato. Yeah, I tell you, my favorite, the one of the ones that Santo wasn't in is the Champions of Justice, mm-hmm. those three films. And I remember <laughs> us watching that first one that one night. We'd never seen them. Uh-huh. And the opening scene, you hear these motorcycles riding in the, in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, coming out of the dark down the street, his blue demon with his cape flying behind him, no shirt on a motorcycle, and the rest of the champ- champions luchadors on motorcycles, like a gang. And they're just, it's, it's an awesome shot. <laughs> These mass luchadors with capes riding motorcycles. And then they fight the gang of little people in devil costumes. Midgets in devil costumes, yeah. And then the one guy kind of wiggles his arms running <laughs> to the camera, like and he gets to the camera and just cartwheels off the screen. And these little folks, they're they're crafty. And they're they, they're and midget they, wrestlers. Well, they give yeah. the, the the wrestlers a room for their money. <laughs> and at one point, Tenebloss has enough of this, and he throws the one guy in the over air over his shoulder to to mill maskers behind him or something. And then he throws the little guy in the air, and the guy never comes down. It's like you never see him it's again. Like they juggle him and like throw like, him off camera. <laughs> but, but that guy, you never see him again. It's like he just threw him in the air, and the guy just vanished. That's what happens when you mess with you the remember that one of justice, the, I guess. One of the coolest, after the the first match in that movie, <laughs> they're all in the dressing room talking with all the luchadors, and they're going, okay, well, we got to go do this. And Mill is like, well, I'm going to change. I'll meet you out there. And Mill starts un, unlacing his mask, and we're just kind of watching, like, okay, cool. And he has another mask in his hand, and he pulls the mask off and throws the other mask on, and we're like, how the hell do you do that? Because you never saw his face. Yeah, like like a legit quick change. Yeah, right on camera. And remember, folks, you know, Mexican movie from the 70s, no camera tricks, yeah. no CGI. So, so he we, legit did a magician sleight of hand. Yeah, we rewound that and, and frame by frame tried to watch. And no, he's just that quick and that smooth where he just, the one mask, the other mask is going on as the other one's coming off. Boom, and laces it up and leaves. Because Mill's game was, Mill Mascaris is a thousand mask. He has uh, supposedly that many different masks. He would wear a different mask every time. So that was his gig. But yeah, that just blew us away. <laughs> well, they had this uh, American mask wrestler just died, Mr. Wrestling 2. Oh, yeah. And Jim yeah. Cornette was talking about it in his podcast. And he said this guy, he'd drive in his mask and he'd get to ring his mask. He said this guy would even shower in his mask. So it's, wow. you know, it's rare to see yeah. an American mask wrestler that had that level of commitment, commitment yeah. that the Mexican luchadors did. Yeah. Like you said, there was almost no separation between the person and the character. Yeah. It was, that's who they were. Yeah, that definitely. And and like you say, it was a cultural thing in Mexico at the time. And, and these guys were folk heroes mm-hmm. of, for the people down there. And the, you know, the movies are so much fun to watch. Cause like you said, there's, there's no, I don't want to say they're simple, but they're not overly complicated. And they are. They're ba- they are simple. I mean, and that's not bad to say that. It's just, 
you've got here's the plot, here's the characters, here's the action, here's the resolution, and you just have a good time watching it. There's no preaching. There's exactly no message. There's no look at this. There's no we have to talk about this. There's no yeah. subplot about whatever is going to get someone stirred up. It's like, hey, here's two masked wrestlers, and they have to fight a vampire and a wolfman who are trying to take over the world and rescue the scientist's hot niece who Santo was dating and the little girl. Yeah, and they do it, and everybody lives happily ever after. And at the end of the movie, they win by throwing the monsters into a, a pit of spikes. That's right. <laughs> None of this, you know, well, think about what you've done and maybe he'll be reformed. No, you're going into a pit of spikes, yeah. dude. That That's it. You came from dust, you're going back to dust. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it ends up. Now, most all of these films that, that I've, you know, got over the years, about half of them are subtitled and about half of them are not. So I do have a few that I have just to watch in, in Spanish. <laughs> And the but, beauty part, yeah, you can pretty much follow along. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome. And they're not—they're really not hard to find. If you want to get your hands on some of these, I haven't really—I don't think I've looked on Amazon, which is weird. I, but eBay—they're all over eBay, and you can get them for reasonable, really reasonable prices. DVDs. I definitely—I would recommend probably starting off with this one, and it might ruin you for it's, the rest it's of them. It's a good gateway movie. Yeah, any of the ones from the—I think it was Rebel Crew—is the company that put these out but santo versus blue De- santo and blue demon versus dracula and the wolfman or santo and blue demon versus i want to say it's dr frankenstein is the other one those are really good ones and a lot of fun the rest of them it's kind of hit and miss as to your is what your enjoyment of them is going to be and then the other thing you can do is you can drop in a conversation later and say you know I watched a foreign film yesterday where two great folk heroes banded together <laughs> and defeated evil that was stalking the land. And, you know, they were taking care of ancient religious artifacts. And it was a family movie. Yeah. And it, it promoted family values. Exactly. And it, it, it can really make you, you know, go up in folks' estimation. That's right. Th- Especially yeah. if you're used to watching stuff like Alligator or Squirm <laughs> or, you know, The Car the or Undertaker and his pals. Or Undertaker <laughs> and his pals or stuff like that. And you're like, no, 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 no. This was a foreign film. Yeah. And it was about, you know, religious history and it had science And the age-old struggle of good versus evil. Age-old struggle of good versus evil. That's right. And... <laughs> and it was it, it was powerful. I learned a lot about history. I learned a lot about mythology. I was moved I was, and entertained. And that's the most important part. Well, the most important part to me was Josefina, but you know, <laughs> your mileage may vary. Well, she was quite entertaining. <laughs> At least for that bald vampire with the melanoma on his head. I mean, you know, oh, that was man. the most important part to me. <laughs> But yeah, that cat. I just keep going back. That cat. He just he just appeared and was gone. That was it. I had the best part in the whole movie. <laughs> he didn't even get thrown down in a pit of spikes. He just kind of like just. But you know, another went away. Is because of the culture. I mean, I know it was a film, but there's one part where Santo and Blue Demon are out to dinner with the two girls, out at a restaurant. You know, sport coats, mask, having dinner. Everybody around them having dinner, not paying attention. So like, you know, I can just picture that. They're having dinner and also, oh, look, Santo and Blue Demon coming in. Pass the salt. <laughs> see, see, they're used to seeing Santo and Blue Demon out eating dinner. Yeah, they're used to seeing them. But but I'm just wondering if it's like, hmm, 
they ever going to pick a girl? They always out with them different scientists. All <laughs> how, how many families they done ripped apart? <laughs> Because it's always the scientist's daughter. Or niece or or, niece, or, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. Because if you notice, the scientist, his daughter, uh-huh. not the niece that Santa was dating, but the daughter. Yeah. She had a daughter, the granddaughter that, yeah. that Dracula was trying to get a hold of. Yeah. Wasn't no daddy in the picture. No. Now, his daughter, was there like another luchador that came in? And, like, fought, like, a swamp creature and romanced that daughter and then just, like, shuffled off the buffalo. Because, <laughs> like you said, the scientist's daughter is always, like, yeah. tied up with a luchador. Yeah. But he ain't in this movie. So did, like, you know, old Ray D. Jalisco was in the <laughs> another movie, and that's his daughter. But he's like, oh, there's, there's, uh, uh, I got to go fight the Bermuda Triangle and, like, <laughs> run away. Fight the Bermuda Triangle. Look, that's what he said. Well, you know, that's that that's some some there's Think some sense it. in that because we hadn't heard from the Bermuda Triangle in a long time. Yeah, and Rayo de Hillisco went and punched the Bermuda Triangle in the mouth. Yeah, but he ain't sending none of support <laughs> checks either. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I I think her first husband was just a regular guy. That's why he was gone because the luchador wouldn't have abandoned her. Well, like I also that. wonder if she'd have been born with a little mask on too. <laughs> That's that's also something to think about, maybe. Could have been. Could have been. Or her doll would have had a mask on, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, could have been. Why <laughs> did Dracula's all his little brides have them gauzy red dresses on and where did they come from? I don't know. They like it first showed up, I thought it was the Emperor's Guards in the red yeah. and stuff. But you know. And another thing too, in the majority there's only two Santo films, I think, that have any nudity at all in them. You're talking about these being family films. There is no nudity. There's no sex. There's no... There's no cussing. There's no cussing. There's no hard violence or anything. It's just action brawling. Yeah. Uh, there's two films that do have a little nudity. There's Operation 67, which is the Santos James Bondish spy film where his partner in that is just a regular guy but is like a super spy. And I think there's a topless dancer in one scene in a bar they're in. Because that was supposed to be a spy film, I guess, supposed to be more of an adult thing. And But that's it. And then The Treasure of Dracula... They made two versions of that. They made The Treasure of Dracula, and then they made another one. It was called El Vampiro y Sexo, which has some of the scenes they filmed twice, but filmed them topless. Some of the ladies were topless. And there were no real sex scenes, I don't think, in it. But they did that to to play in different markets. And apparently Santo wasn't real fond of that. He didn't like that. So in the next movie, did, did Santo fight corrupt movie producers? <laughs> And like you see, like like him bouncing people off the walls of like these little sweatshop film editing. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think that the multitudes idol would have put up with a bunch of that. <laughs> that you don't work blue in a Santo no, film unless no. you're blue demon. That's right. That's right. My first exposure, I remember the first Santo film I saw was uh, was I think Samson in the Wax Museum, and it was on Doctor Madblood, where my exposure to most classic horror films was. Way, way back in, God, it had to be the late 70s when I was a little kid. Could have been the very early 80s. But staying up late one night, and I remember Dr. Madblood, you know, talking about the movies in between and saying that, the, you know, originally this character is El Santo, which means is the saint, but for some reason when they open him English, they called him Samson, and here's the movie. And then all of a sudden, of course, I like wax museums and horror stuff, so I was all, I was in, and then this guy shows up with his mask on like a superhero, never takes it off has a cape, and is fighting these monsters in the Wax Museum, I was hooked. From then on, boom, I was hooked. But for years, 
you couldn't find anything. I, I mean, I was a kid. I didn't, there was no internet, of course, so you didn't have access to finding this stuff at the drop of a hat. And I never saw another Santo film or Luchador film ever for years and years and years. And then I think I found a couple on VHS somewhere some years later. And then, of course, when DVD started coming around, this stuff was available and then the internet, boom, can find it everywhere. If you're looking, check eBay, like I said. Check Amazon, too. There may be on Amazon, but you probably get a better deal on eBay. There's tons of these films. And it's not just Santo. There's other luchadors, too, that have made them over the years. And actually, Santo's son continued and made a few movies, too, which I haven't watched any of those yet. But the real charm about these, for me, is the era they're made in. That late 60s, early 70s, I think really lends itself more to these movies than they would today. Because you could actually believe stuff like this happening back <laughs> That's then. That's right. <laughs> well, there wasn't that cynicism, you know, and that trying to be self-aware of what's going on and kind of making fun of it, like a lot of movies do nowadays with stuff like that. This was just boom, boom. Here's the plot. Here's the characters. Let's go take care of business. Like you said earlier, too, you know, it's just they, they're fun. And that's, you know, that's what I want out of a movie. I want to enjoy, have fun. I don't want to be depressed when it's over. You know? Yeah, it's, I mean, the thing about, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, the thing about movie reviewers is, you know, the plot and the story and the this and the that. Da, 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 da. Did a movie entertain me? Yeah. Did it do what it said on the tin? Yeah. Like, if I sit down and watch Killdozer, the plot was bad and the acting was bad. and it did, If I sit down with Killdozer... Uh-huh. I don't want to see a black and white French movie of people smoking cigarettes and talking about life and death. <laughs> I want to see a bulldozer running people over with no driver. That's right. And if that's what I get, that was a good movie. That's right. <laughs> You're right. If I want to see Jean-Paul Godard or whatever French name I just made up, if I want to see a movie like that, <laughs> then that's when I'll sit down and watch that movie. Yeah. But if I want to sit down and watch Giant Rats in the Subway System, yeah. and a movie gives me Giant Rats in the Subway System, that was a good damn movie. Well, that's right. That's right. But, you know, you look at movies, too. You say good movies, bad movies, however you classify them. How many times have you seen Citizen Kane? Arguably, probably one of the best films made. I don't think I've ever seen Citizen Kane. Okay. How many times have you seen Plan 9 from Outer Space? Like three or four more times. More than once. Yeah, more than once. <laughs> okay, yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. And as bad as that is, it's it's still it's entertaining and fun. Yeah. And you look at them, you know, there's some movies that are great movies, but you don't watch them over and over again. But there's some movies that are mediocre, but they're so much fun that you watch them over and over again. And there you go. It's like you said, did it do a job in entertaining? Yes, it did. Yeah. And that's basically these movies. They're they're fun. They're not works of art, but you have a good time watching them. And I highly recommend checking them out. If you like any of the stuff that we talk about on these podcasts, this has got to be right up your alley. To some degree, one way or the other. Couldn't have said it better. Right on. I think that's about all I got. How about you? I think that there's really not much else to say. <laughs> about, well, we, you we have a movie about two wrestlers beating up a, a vampire and a wolf man. There you go. We could have just said I, that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> made, a, made a quick afternoon of it. <laughs> <laughs> but then we wouldn't have gotten to talk about Josefina. And, that's well, true. I was going to slip that in either way. That's true. Well, we'll have to do this again, do another one again before... Uh, too long goes by. <laughs> yeah, before 2023, maybe, hopefully. We will definitely do that again next time you come in. We'll do another one. Usually at the end of most podcasts, when okay. Phyllis and I are, are doing it, we play the Planet of the Apes game. Mm-hmm. 
many years ago, Clayton and I discovered that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Much like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, okay. we find this out long before that. And Phyllis will throw somebody or something at me from the movie that we're talking about, and I will, in so many steps, relate it back somehow to Planet of the Apes. This one will be especially difficult because there are Mexican actors who have not done anything that I know of in the United States to relate it back to. Now, now, what does the connection of Planet of the Apes be? How, do they have to be in the movie, or...? It relates back to the the movie series of the TV series, basically. Okay, because I have kind of a tenuous connection I could make, but I don't know if it's going to count. I'm going to be surprised I can even take it this far, because I know next to nothing about Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Who are we picking from the movie to connect? I'm picking Blue Demon from the movie to Blue connect. Demon. Okay, we're going to connect Blue Demon back to Planet of the Apes. Okay, I am. I yield the floor. Okay. Blue Demon had a son, Blue Demon Jr. Yes. Blue Demon Jr. was in the first episode of a series called Lucha Underground. Yes, yes, yes. Lucha Underground, one of the announcers, was an ex-wrestler who wrestled in Mexico named Vampiro. Ah, uh uh-huh. Vampiro, in WCW, carried on and invited and actually did some wrestling with the Misfits. Oh. The Misfits recorded a song called The Forbidden Zone about Planet of the Apes. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. I, if I had a hat, I would tip it. There you go. Here to help. The world revolves around Planet of the Apes, everybody. It's proven. So do yourself a favor and go watch one of the Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> <clears throat> out of nowhere. That was beautiful. Out of nowhere. I, you know, I'll, I'll drink to that. I think that is about it. I got I nothing so. else. Look, I, neither do I. I, that, that's, <laughs> I got nothing. I'm done. I need a nap. All right. Well, that's it for this this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.